0: Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. It's our privilege to be here with you this morning. Uh, I've been here, I think, once before midweek, but never on a Sunday because I've been occupied elsewhere. But uh, this is a great joy for us. As Ed said, we've been friends for a long time. And uh, we so admire uh, Pastor Ed and Gail. They're faithful people. They love God, love the church. They're steadfast. They've been through challenges like all church leaders, but they've stayed the course. And so we honour you. We love you for that. And just believe God's... How, How many of you believe the best is ahead of us? I do. I really believe these are great days for the church. So here we are, Sunday morning, church on the Sunshine Coast. I'm not preaching on this this morning, but I just want to blow a trumpet. I've just been five weeks overseas, just got back, and God allows me to go to the nations to blow a trumpet as to what he's doing on planet Earth. And so this year my God word uh, to the church was the God gathering has begun and I'm blowing the trumpet uh, and declaring here over this church a special season of harvest. You see God said pray the Lord of the harvest he'll send us forth into the harvest but the Bible teaches that in the last days God's going to take charge of the harvest and he's going to gather the harvest to us. To so those that are gathering people. And I just want to declare, get yourself ready to be a part of the greatest in gathering that the earth has ever seen. We are into and advancing into a God gathering, and God wants you in on the journey. He wants you, this church, to be a part of that, your family, your life, what you do. He wants you to be actively involved in being a part of the God gathering. Can you say Amen. amen. I want to share with you this morning on an unusual subject uh, in the sense that it's something that we all as Christians try and attain to but struggle with. I want to talk about living in abundance. Living in abundance. The incredible, it's one of those great contradictions. challenges that we all have. We know that in Christ we're positioned in Christ in heavenly places and God uh, and his fullness is available to us all. Isn't that right? That's the gospel we preach but in reality not uh, not just positionally that's what God says we can have but in reality the practice is it doesn't always work out that way. Ain't that the truth? And so there's this and it's a dangerous term to use, but there's this sense of spiritual speak and then real speak. You know, that we when we sing in worship and God, you're everything, you, you're all, you're an abundant overcoming God. But when I walk out the door, reality sets in. So I'm going to try and share from our own experience. And as Ed said, Mary and I have been through some tough times and seasons and, Uh, thankful to God that he's helped us come through that and continue to go forward. But I I, I just want to share maybe the reality of how you can see abundance happen in your life. Let's have a look at John 10.10. Brilliant little scripture. Uh, It says this, I have come that they might have life and live in abundance. I'm come that the thief comes to do his stuff to rob you of your inheritance. But Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life, get born again, and then enjoy the abundant life and come into that sense of blessing. Now, whether you like it or not, abundance has to be not just a spirit, well, I'm happy, joyful, full of the Lord, the love of the Lord. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be reality in this world we live in. There has to be an abundance of provision, an abundance of health, an abundance of happiness and family wholeness and all of those things. And so uh, I want to focus in on that, how you can create an abundance flow in your life. And I pray this will help you this morning. The truth is in church, um, most people understand or know about tithing. Anyone not heard of tithing before? That's when we take up the offering in church and we're going to do it uh, after the message because I want to really stir your hearts to see how valid and important our giving to God and our generosity to people is today, but there are two dimensions of giving. The first one is tithing. Now tithing is not sowing. You've got to get that. As you sow, your reap has nothing to do with tithing. Tithing is bringing. It's bringing your tenth, your tithe into the storehouse for the local church. It's an act of obedience. It's not an act of faith. It's an act of obedience to fulfill. People say, well, I'm under grace. I don't believe in that Old Testament stuff. Well, try and tell that to the tax department here when you don't pay your tax every year. Oh, no, I'm under grace. I, I don't believe in tax. Well, tithing is the tax of heaven. Settle the issue. It's what we pay to be citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Done and dusted. It's fair. How, how many would like in Australia uh, our taxes to be 10%? And yet you pay 30, 40, 50%. And then you whinge about the tithe. Get a grip. I'm amazed at people that do that. And so tithing is bringing in obedience that which belongs to God in the first place. But then the Then the second way we give is not tithes, but offerings. This is now the secret. It's right through the Bible on how you can live a life of abundance and blessing. And so now we're going to talk about offerings, which is sowing in abundance, in extravagance, in generosity. And so there's three ways we're going to sow in our lives. And you've got to work these out and get these sorted. So, because I want you to flourish. I want this stuff to be on earth. Jesus went to heaven so that he could send heaven to us. And so there's three ways to sow. The first one is what I call, I think they've got all this stuff. The next uh, thing. Sacrificial sowing. This is the tough yards. Now, this is not tithing. This is sowing. This is how you have a happy family. You sow into it. You do the hard yards. You love your wife when she's being stubborn. <laughs> All the men... No, sh- Don't even blink. You won't get lunch. Sacrificial sowing is sowing from the seed you now have. And I call a blood, sweat and tears... Giving. Psalm 126, verse 6 says this He who continually goes forth weeping, that means with pain, with some sense of cost involved, he who goes forth continually weeping, taking his precious seed that he has, not a promise of the future, but precious seed, taking it, seed for sowing. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. In other words, the first level of sowing, giving, is is the hard yard stuff. It's hard. When I was young, you know, and you start out in work, you've just left school, and you you have to tithe because I've grown up in church and they beat the fear of God into you. If you don't tithe, you're under the curse. So you have to tithe. Thank God I was taught that. But then, you, then as you start to get an understanding of this and you start to grow a little in faith, you realize you want to also start sowing because that's the whole teaching of the Bible. It's from what you sow that you reap. See, tithing prepares the soil of your life. Obedience plows the field. But it's what you sow into the field of obedience that you reap from. And so I started, you know, left uh, back when I was a kid, which was, you know, a few years ago now. (laughs) Heavens, I'm not the oldest person here. (laughs) Mariners. (laughs) No, no, she looks younger, but she's... Anyway. Back when I left school and went to work, I think I was getting about 18... Pounds would it have been back then in Australia? I'm not telling you what year. (laughs) Heavens. This is not a conversation. (laughs) I forget which year. It's a long time ago. But I think it was in pounds. So about 18 pounds. And I had to pay board to my parents because they had to tithe and uh, whatever. And so there was nothing left. And so for me as a young person trying to live for God with all of the teenage nonsense, uh, etc., I started to sow a little bit and I never saw anything happen. So I thought. I never saw anything. I just started to sow a little bit out of my income and then someone would, would, at church would say, hey, I want to buy you a new jacket and then another person came a year or so later and said, you love playing the guitar. I want to buy you a new guitar. And it wasn't until later I put the two together. I'd started to sow and I was starting to reap. But it was hard yards. I had to go without putting fat wheels on my hotted up car. I had to, you know, etc. But it was hard yards. But I started to do blood, sweat and tears sowing. And my, here's the thing, when you start doing that, whatever measure it is, that's, you put your faith in the seed. God, you said, if I'll bring some of my seed, not my tithe, that's done, some of my seed that's left, and I'll sow it into your purposes, into your people, into your mission, you said from that I will reap a harvest. And so I started doing that. But here's the deal. You have to put your faith in the seed. It's not that you're worthy of anything. The seed becomes God's when you sow it, whether it's big or small. God says, I'll give you 30, 60 or 100 fold on that that you sow. Because when you sow it, it dies to you and lives to God. And God says, okay, you sowed into my purposes... That's alive to me. Now I'm going to bless you out of that harvest and make it live to you again. I love that. The most exciting things Marion and I have ever seen in our lives have come through sowing, through sowing. We just made up our mind that we would learn how to do this first married. Again, we, when you first get married and your wife's got expensive tastes, <laughs> she hasn't, I'm the spender, she's brilliant. But you remember we had, we couldn't afford anything and Marion had, we bought a little human imp for her. Do you know what they are? Stupid little car. It used to boil by the time we got to the end of our driveway. I don't know how many times Marion rang me up and said, I'm on the side of the road. I'd have to go and get it and get the little thing fixed. We couldn't afford any better. But we sewed then i got a big uh uh, holden statesman uh big v8 and thought i was everything and god god he wants you to learn to sew in all areas of your life and uh and i felt god speak to him say, i want you to sew that car to your youth leader and i thought this is a bit over the top (laughs) heavens i'll let him drive it one day So I had to go and give my youth leader, the big V8 statesman, and uh, we lived, say, three, four miles from the church at the time, and I would literally be walking to the church in the mornings. He would drive past in my car, toot the horn. He'd give me a sign and I'd give him one. I'm telling you, it's not easy to sew. The funny thing is, and it happened here on the Sunshine Coast, when we got up here and started to build the church up the road there, that one of the business guys said, I I, I need to buy you a car. And so he bought me a little Audi TT Quattro convertible. This is one cool dude. Where'd all that come from? Come on, where'd it come from? That's why when you see someone blessed... Don't point the finger oh, where they get that. How they, cannot they afford that? No, God gave it to me because I sowed when I couldn't afford to. This is a powerful principle. And there's people all over the church everywhere desperately praying to live in abundance when it's so simply laid out in the Word. So you have to start with blood, sweat and tears sowing and put your faith in the seed that you sow to God through generosity to his house. That's your future in investment wealth right there. Future investment wealth. I don't know when it's coming back, but it's my future investment wealth. And my faith confession there is I believe for a good return. When I give and so I have to walk away and say, because my, my brain and my emotions wants to say, gee, we're going to have to go without... Uh, you know, a holiday this year, or we're gonna to have to really tighten the belt. No, no. Don't look at the challenge, look at the promise. Wow. Always walk away saying, I'm believing for a good return. I'm yeah. yeah. believing. That puts joy back in your heart. Yeah. That takes the pain out of your life. Because it is painful, blood, sweat, and tears giving. Yeah. The second kind of sewing, and I love these, as you as you learn this sowing journey God wants you to grow and increase and develop because he wants you to live in abundance he wants you to be blessed to be a blessing that's what church is all about blessed to be a blessing the next level what was the first one sacrificial sowing the next one is blessing sowing this is sowing from the harvest that are now increasing in your life Blessing sowing. This is what I call sweet success sowing. If you've been practising tithing, prepare your life, hard yards, tears sowing, you will start to see the harvest of increase. You will. There's no way you can't because God is no man's debtor. End of story. You will see increase. Let me say this to stir some people up and I'll lose some friends. If you're poor here today, there's something wrong with your life. Did you hear me? That's not me judging you. That is simply declaring God has promised that he'll pour into you and through you his fullness of blessing if you live his way. And so you learn the hard sacrificial uh, sowing to begin with, seed in your hand. The next level now, I'm I'm starting to get a few blessings, etc. I also... Uh, Years and years ago, I I felt God tell me to bless one of the guys in ministry. Uh, It was his 20th ministry anniversary or something. And he loves motorbikes. So I felt God say, buy him a Harley. And uh, a lot of guys say, man, I own two Harleys. And I say, I think I can trump that. I've given two away. I, I know which is better. Anyway, so I bought this guy a Harley and uh, I contacted about 10 of my friends in ministry and said, hey, do you want to go in with me? Bless this guy. It's a milestone. It'll be a great encouragement. They all said, yeah, go for it. So I went and bought this Harley. It was a lot of money. And then all with the whole 10, they came up with reasons and excuses why they couldn't be a part of it. So I had to send Marion out to work. <laughs> no. And so here I am carrying the bag with this gift which I felt God wanted me to do and it was a fantastic but we had to pay that off for quite a while but we sewed it funnily enough I come up to the Sunshine Coast and a guy a guy in the church a business guy comes up to me he says you love bikes don't you and I said yeah I do and uh, he said oh that's that's good have you got one at present I said no I haven't and uh uh, but uh, there's reasons for that. God, you know, it'll happen again one day. So uh, a month later he, he said, "Can do you want to come out for lunch? And so I went out with this guy for lunch and he said, let's stop and just look at, at the bikes in the shop uh, on the way to lunch. And I didn't put two and two together. I was innocent of any thought. And uh, so in we go. And he, I just thought he knows I like bikes. We'll just talk about them, et cetera. And so we go in there and we rode a, a couple of different bikes and, and he said, what, what are you like? What's your favourite at present? And back then, the big Triumph Rocket 3, that's a 2.3-litre motor. It's just like a rocket ship on wheels. And if you ever want to get hell out of your life, that'll frighten hell out. Just wind it on. And so anyway, we're walking around and... And he goes up to the gown and he says, I'll be out in two seconds. Out he comes and ten minutes later, I'm getting angry now because he promised me lunch. (laughs) And he comes out and he's got the keys to this bike. And he says, that Rocket 3, it's yours. I'll just get it ready. You'll pick it up in a couple of days. Where did that come from? Fifteen years or ten years earlier, I sewed. And then... The next thing, another businessman in our church is going through a tough time and God says, give your Harley, no, your Rocket 3 at that time, give your Rocket 3 uh, away, sell it and give the money to the guy going through a tough time. And I think, that's all right, he was going through a tough time, I am now. (laughs) And so I have to sell the thing and give the money to the business guy. No sooner have I done that... Then another business guy comes up and says, Steve, we notice you, you haven't got your bike now. And I don't explain law. I said, no, there's reasons for that. And he says, I just feel like you're the kind of pastor that needs a bike. <laughs> and I thought, How do you... Anyway, so he, he takes me out and buys me the latest Harley Davidson, wow. which is my real dream bike. And so uh, all I'm saying in all of this is, If you sow, and see, now I I was, out of blessing, I was able to sow, sell it and sow into a guy's life. And out of that harvest, the abundant flow of God started to happen. This second guy comes to me and he says, Steve, you haven't got a bike, you need one. And I I, I want to get you one. And I said, no, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. Uh, You can't do that. And he said, why? And I said, well, because uh, I'm getting all the blessing and Marion's not getting any. (laughs) Except that she has long hours without me while I'm in. But he says, oh, that's no good. I'll buy her a new car. So he bought Marion a brand new Holden Captiva. This is... People look at you and say, how do you... You must have a gift of faith. You must have... You know, I don't know what it is. No, it's not that at all. It's simply that we've learned how to sow. And when you get the new thing, it's never yours anyway. It's seed. And God says, you can use it as bread to eat and enjoy life. But if I want you to sow it, are you willing to do that? Hey, one of the worst things, church, is when you get a little bit of blessing at the second level, you settle down you say, oh, I'm cool, I'm comfortable. No, no. It's when you get a little bit of harvest blessing that God wants you to up the ante, Amen. increase your sowing so that you can still maintain that attitude of faith. Here's a scripture in Psalm 132 and verse 15. And God promises, I will abundantly bless her provision. I claim this all the time in my life. God, you promised to abundantly bless my provision in every area. And even in the tough times when it's not working the way I want, you promised you will satisfy her poor with bread. I'll still have sufficient to live and be blessed. Even in the worst of days, I'll clothe her priest with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. See, this, the first level of sowing, the hard yards, uh, you know, tears, sacrificial, is from your hand. It's what you've got in your hand. This next level of generosity sowing is from your head. It's what you've got in your storehouse. What have we got as equity? We own our own ha- home. We, we do this, and wh- I'm speaking about you. Uh, mind you, we do, thank God. Um, but... We've got equity in our life. Therefore, how can I use that to increase the kingdom of God? That's up here for thinking. Because I want to continue to be blessed to be a blessing. How many can say amen to that? It's simply the way that God wants us to live. And so now our generosity is coming from our equity, our storehouse. Give away your car to bless someone. I can do that. It's equity. It's next level. I make a decision. I don't need a word from God. I simply need God's encouragement to live the life of faith. And so this second level is I'm blessed to be a blessing. That's my confession. I can do it, God. We can use our equity to help the church expand, help the church take more ground for Jesus. We've got that capacity. It's up here for thinking. Man, miracles happen when people understand the power of sowing. But then we come to the next level of sowing. We've gone from hand. This is what I earn every week, and it's not a lot, but I'm going to do it. Then we go to head. I've got a little bit more uh, blessing and equity in my life. I think we can strategically... Sow more. But then you come to the third level of sowing, and this is the one that God had to really work in our lives and teach us to come to a whole new level. And it's it's what I call abundance sowing. This is different. This is sowing from the source, springs of supply giving. The first was sowing from what I have in my hand. The second was sowing for what I think I can do to be a blessing. But the third one is sowing from your heart. The source of what's in your heart. Your abundance comes from your inner spring of divine fullness. It's your inner wealth. Listen to this scripture. This really challenges me, this one. Mark 12, 41 says this. Sitting across from the offering box... Jesus was observing how the crowd tossed money in for the collection. Many of the rich were making large contributions, thank God. From their capacity, they were sowing out of their equity. Thank God for that. It's wonderful. But one poor widow came up and put in two small coins, a measly two cents. And Jesus called his disciples over. This is a brilliant moment. ...of teaching in the Bible. He called his disciples over and said... ...the truth is that this poor widow... ...gave more to the collection than all the others put together. That that blows me away. How can that be possible? Two cents, the rich were giving... ...and they were sowing and they were doing the will of God... ...but Jesus somehow focuses on this woman... And it's because she learnt a higher level of sewing, And all the others gave what they'll never miss. But she gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. Now the truth is this woman, we don't know her story. All we know is she's a widow. So she must have been married to, to, I think, a wealthy person. Because she'd learnt the principle of coming and sewing. And we don't know after what happened. All we know is this little window of a person that's learnt the power of sowing and has come into hard times. Here's the challenge today, church. These are the best times of your life when it's not going that well. And uh, you have to make a choice. Do I just back off and give what little is left in my hand? Or do I think it through and budget it? Or do I tap into the source and step into a higher level of sowing? I'm going to give out of my heart. And she gave all she could. You can't give like this without a revelation of God, your abundant source. And it's brilliant. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford so she could live abundantly. I love people like this. And here's the deal. Abundance... Is a hard issue. It's not a head issue. It's not a hand issue. It's not the job you have. It's not even uh, the equity that you've built up and your circumstantial blessing. Abundance is a hard issue. And when you get this, you can live through the toughest of seasons and come out the other side blessed of the Lord. Here's a scripture 3 John 1, verse 2. Love this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. It's a heart issue. That you may prosper and be in health according to how your heart is. John 7, 38, 39. Listen to this. He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water, or an abundance, an overflow of life. Where does it flow from? Your heart. Your heart. And so this really came home to Marion and I in uh, in the last couple of years now. Marion and I have been going through um, some health challenges. She's been operated and treated for bowel cancer. I've had a massive chest infection Uh, hospital six months last not in hospital the whole time but six months last year at the end of that they find I've got blood cancer for the first six months of this year I've been on chemo and going through all that this is my first real sortie back into preaching so for maybe a year or two years we virtually had no income we, uh, I haven't been able to preach, and no one, uh, etc. And so it's, it's been a very challenging time for Marion and I. And uh, so we had to say, okay, what do we do in times like this? Well, we haven't got much to give out of our hand right now. Our equity, we're using up our equity to stay alive and pay all the bills, etc. So we're going to choose to make it a hard issue we're going to now prove that we're going to sow from the source, like the little widow woman did. She sowed from the source. And so for two years now, we've had very little income from me being able to preach or travel or do anything else. And that's all all I do in life now is travel, preach, and the church will bless me uh, in different ways at different times. But in those last two years... Uh, All we did was increase our sowing because he's our source. Not what's in our hand, not what's in our head. And it was the hardest thing we've done for... We've done it before and had to prove God. But this was because our health was failing. And we thought we may never come back from this, Um, you know, but by God's grace. So we simply said, let's increase our sowing and declare that he is our source. Out of our heart we're believing that health will flow, strength will flow. I've been five weeks overseas simply declaring God as they go as they went they were healed, increase my strength and I'm getting stronger every day getting back into preaching again. and uh, the, the other thing is in that in the last year we have seen more miracle provision flow into our lives. Uh, from people that just, not because I've preached in their church or been, or just because of God moving upon. Ed and Gail were, were people that blessed us in this last season out of the goodness of, and grace that's on their life. And literally, we have seen increase in our life, not decrease, in the toughest season of our life. Now, some of you here need to get a hold of this today. Because these are tough times. These are troublesome times. And I don't believe the Bible is dominated by circumstance, but by promise. And I want some of you here, and maybe today you need to, take a fresh look at your sowing regime and move from just your hands and then see blessings. Say, well, we could actually up it. I've upped our tithe to our church this year by a lot because I believe that God wants me to prepare the soil of another season of blessing. I have to. I have to live what God's Word says. And some of you here today, and I I really want to bring this challenge, not not because you're not generous. Uh, Pastor Ed said, this is a generous church, and I commend you and love you for that. But I also know the challenge of sowing. And some of you may have backed off or maybe just tightened the belt and you say, well, that's the end of that season. It's not going to work. No, no, step up. Go from, this is all that's in my hand. Ah, I've worked it out. This is the best. No, no, start to learn to sow from the source. And this woman, she only bought two cents, but it's all she had. And it wasn't that that's in my hand. I've got nothing. No, no. And her confession was this. There's more where that came from. She was sowing from the source. Do you hear what I'm saying? And even in those times when it doesn't seem like you're doing a lot, there's more where that came from. For me, to keep the sowing going, keeps the flowing going. To keep the sowing going, keeps the flowing going. You remember that woman, that widow in the Old Testament, prophet said, go home. She said, I've got about half an inch of oil. I can make a cake, eat it and die. He said, go and borrow vessels and pour out your little bit of oil and get a flow going. That's the key to this. There's no lack in heaven. There's no flaw in the promise. And uh, you know the story, they went and borrowed off their neighbours a whole lot of vessels and then it came to the point where she said, get another vessel. And the son said, there are no more vessels. And the Bible says, and the oil stopped flowing. This principle has changed my life. I will keep sowing to keep the flowing going. Give me another vessel. I've got to sow into somebody. I've got to have another vessel. I, I pray today that every one of you came, not just with your tithes, your offerings, but also a generosity expression to someone. I've got to have another vessel to keep the flowing going in Jesus' Name. And I wanna pray for you this morning. Stand up with me, church. I really believe these days are so incredibly exciting for you, for your house. This is not about whether you've got the best job on the planet. It's whether you've got a heart. That's got a flow happening. And it may well be this morning that God wants to heal your finances. Maybe that God wants to set you free to see a fresh flow happening in your life. Let's raise our hand to God if you want to. Just reach out right now. Father, this is a word of encouragement that in this place there will be a deep well of divine supply. It'll go way beyond what's obvious. It'll go way beyond the circumstance. And it'll come from a depth that's been dug by faith and a flow of resource and finance and blessing that will flow far from this house, through each house represented, each family, into the nations beyond. A whole new season of blessing and increase in Jesus' Name. Bless each one here today. Let there be an incredible sense of faith. I'm going to increase the flow in the name of Jesus because it's flowing from the source. I can see fear leaving. There's no fear where the love of God is. Right now, let God open your your heart and mind right now. Start to let a promise from on high come and settle upon you. Better things, greater things, better days. Your family's going to be made whole. Things will be different when the flow starts happening. Ask this in Jesus' name and everybody said. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at infocity churchnet